Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, hello, guys. Welcome back to this week's edition of ups and downs for Star Trek Discovery. I'm Sean Ferrick and I will be taking you through the episode as per usual this week. Now, if you've been with us before, you know what we're gonna do. We're gonna go through the episode this week. We're gonna give all the things we liked an up and we're gonna give the things that we didn't like so much a down. So we're about halfway through season three so far. We've seen ships exploding. We've seen new voyagers. We've seen nogs which has been lovely. We've seen what Starfleet looks like these days, and we've also seen what the galaxy in general is starting to look like. And it's it's left a little bit to be desired, really, if you're looking for a Federation utopia. Our crew have got to Starfleet headquarters. They are back as part of the fleet, and as everyone is expecting, everything is gonna be just fine and hunky-dory, and nothing is gonna go wrong, and with that, let's get into it. So here is Starter Discovery Ups and Downs for Episode 3.6, Scavengers. So, as per usual, thankfully, we're going to start this week with an up. So we get to see in the opening shots new tech being integrated with Discovery, and it's been quite cool. To be honest, I have to say I'm really digging the programmable matter. There's a lot of syllables in that word. I guess it's it's sort of like a replicator, but it's, you know, specific. It's kind of responds to thought. It's it's cool is what it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy saying it's a cool new technology. As we see in this episode, it can be adapted for lots of different things. You have Owosakon on the bridge. She kind of makes joysticks out of it almost. Adira, who develops a new kind of spore drive interface with that. Now we'll come back to that one, but that's also really, really cool use of this. Now we also see the nacelles get separated away from the rest of Discovery again with programmable matter. Now, what I think is that that's not an empty space between them. Uh, it is just another type of matter. It's just not visible, which also explains how ships with detached nacelles work. But hey, I ain't no engineer. I just know what I think looks good and looks pretty. Now, what I also think looks good and looks pretty are the combadge slash tricorder slash holographic projector slash personal transporter. And also in the way that Star Trek tech has developed over the years, 
it makes perfect sense that it would condense into a small device. You know, why not have all of these things in the one? Does mean if you lose it, you're in kind of a bit of bother, but you know, much like us today, who would probably have to have our phones surgically removed from our bodies, little bit of the same going on here. So I have to say, the new tech that we see this week, for me, that's an up. However, now, so this is, this is a funny one. The idea of Discovery getting a refit makes perfect sense. We're being brought into a new millennium. It's a new way of doing things. It's a new Starfleet. So that makes perfect sense to me. That, that, that's no problem. There is a couple of issues and it's Discovery itself has placed these issues in its own way. So you have NCC 1031A. Now, as we know from the history of the Enterprise, we, we save the letters. Let's not forget Voyager last week, but we save the letters for a replacement ship. It is the next in the line. It's not the refit. If you think back to Star Trek The Motion Picture, when the Constitution class went through such an extreme makeover, because, you know, movie budget, it didn't then become 1701A. 1701A was a completely different ship that was commissioned after the destruction of 1701, or potentially was a repaint of the Yorktown, depending on what file you're looking at. But what it wasn't is the same ship again. So. For this discovery to become two ships doesn't really make an awful lot of sense. Now, this could be forgiven, except, except, we must think back to Calypso. Calypso was our first glimpse at this future. We got to see Discovery with Zora in place and chatting away. Zora very sadly missed this week again. There was no A in the registry. Those nacelles were attached, but that overall is not a massive issue. Programmable matter, they could, you know, you could detach and reattach. So I'm, I'm not that upset about that in general, but there's no A on that registry. Why would they do such an extreme change to the outside of the ship and such small amount of change to the inside of the ship? Think about the Constitution class has had more bridges than the Muse, but this is pretty much the exact same bridge. Now there is a line that says, oh, we, you know, we, we like to keep the classic look or thereabouts. And it kind of rings a bit hollow. So unfortunately for me, the refit is a down and we're following it with another down. And I don't think this is gonna surprise anyone. Burnham went rogue again. We had some character development from Michael Burnham and it was sorely needed and it was good. It was good. It showed her getting to be a part of the family again. She was adapting to being part of the crew again. And while I can hear the argument of she's still adapting, ergo her going off on another mission like that isn't so surprising. Actually, if you think how we were introduced to her, so we had, a mutiny aboard the Shenzhou, and what did that lead to? Indirectly, that led to Prime Giorgio's death, and Michael had to carry the guilt of having her captain killed for all of her journey. It takes her until really the end of the first season to start coming to terms with that, and arguably to the end of the second season before she is a properly 
functioning member of the crew again. Now, through no fault of her own, she's torn away from the crew and spends a year living on her own. Okay, but why then, when she becomes a part of the crew again, does she drop Saru in it the way that she does? It just doesn't track with her journey up to this point. It's like they hit a reset button and it just, it rings really, really hollow. It's a down. What I will say though is that, although I didn't like any of that, it did give us a scene that I truly loved. Tilly and Saru in the spore drive room they have a quiet aside. Now initially, I'll be honest, I thought, what the heck is a captain doing getting advice from an ensign? But but no, that's it's not that. They're the two people aboard Discovery who know Burnham the best. And with the exception of Detmer, who was there on the Shenzhou, Saru has served with her the longest. And they just struggle to understand why she's done this again. And one of my favorite bits of the episode is it's Tilly who says, go and tell the Admiral. Burnham has dropped you in it, Saru. Go and tell the Admiral. It will be worse for Saru if he is not the one to inform the Admiral. And she's absolutely right. Like Saru would get in serious trouble for that because it all reflects badly on him as a captain. It's, it's a great scene in that it shows that they're kind of over the Burnham trip. They have decided to be members of Starfleet. They have decided to put the uniform first. And for that decision, for that character growth, that for me is an up. Once Burnham and Giorgio get to the planet, I have to say I was thoroughly disappointed. And here's why. We're in the 32nd century. It's 3188, which means since Discovery, went through that wormhole, you have had the advent of the Excelsior class, the Miranda class, the Galaxy class, the Sovereign class. Oh, Birth is in there as well. Let's go a little bit later. You had the Universe class. Let's go even later again. You had the Wells class and the Eon class. And not one of them appears in the orbit over this planet. But I tell you what does show up over this planet is hilariously outdated ships. You've got a Hiawatha class, you've got a Cardenas class, and you've got a Hoover class. This is not to say that I don't like the looks of those ships. Actually, I think they're really, really good looking. And you should check out, we just recently did a ranking of all of the types of Star Trek ships in the fleet, in Starfleet. However, these ships are about a thousand years old. A thousand years old. I was annoyed enough when during Children of Mars, there was a McGee type ship in orbit in dry dock over Mars. You could maybe get away with that being a museum type ship. And if you think to lower decks, they had a museum full of ships that explained the, the um, having the Tuplana Hath there, having the long range shuttle there and having a Romulan bird of prey there. Why are there so many Hiawatha class ships here? The issue is, and I hate to say it, it feels lazy. It feels like they had that file on to hand. And I feel terrible saying it because I love the design. But to me, the fact that it just looks like they just lifted 23rd century and dropped it into 32nd, down. One of the really lovely parts of this episode, to bring it back to a positive place again, is Stamets and Adira. 
Who saw that coming? That's a really, really nice little relationship that's got going on there because they understand each other probably better than any other two people on this ship. Adira, who has lost Grey and found Grey in the symbiont, and of course Stamets, who lost Cobra and got Cobra back again. So they have both loved, they have both lost, and they have both regained. It's, it's quite lovely. And the fact that Stamets just accepts Adira at face value Adira says that I'm sitting here with my boyfriend Grey, and Stamets says, okay. And it's just, I didn't know how much I needed this, but I needed this, and it was great. He's not sure what he is. Is he a mentor? Is he a friend? He doesn't know how to, as he puts it, deal with a tween, but he does know that there is a, there is a bond there. And Adira has already come in handy. She redesigned the interface with the spore drive, and then also was able to remove the struts from Stamets' arms. So Stamets is no longer literally plugged into the engines of this ship. Big step forward really for him as a character, but also that their two characters are coming together in a way. It's nice, it doesn't seem to be earth shattering, it doesn't seem to be, you know, the fate of the universe isn't at stake here. That's just a nice friendship. And for me, that is most definitely an up. So my problem with dragging out the burn. Okay, this is it now. Let me get all of this out of the way. So I mentioned last week about dragging the burn out. It's just not interesting enough. Okay, and it isn't. I, I stand by that 100%. Now they do try and introduce something this week that would make it a bit more interesting in that there was a defined point of origin, that it was not a simultaneous explosion and that they're suggesting somebody set it off. Okay, that is interesting it's come too late in the season but look that aside for the moment burnham is able in one year to find three black boxes of ships that were active at the time of the burn okay all right what the hell have starfleet been doing for the last 100 years and it's not simply a case of they had other things on their mind because if that is the case, that's negligence to the point of criminal apathy. Because if this is an attack, if this is something that has been planned and coordinated, then this represents a very real threat to what is left. And yes, resources are limited, absolutely. But if two people in a little ship were able to find these three black boxes and come up with this idea, then surely somebody in Starfleet could have as well. This does not so much speak to the genius of Buck and Burnham as it does to the incompetence of Starfleet. And because of that, that is a down from me. That was, that was not a good twist for this to take. Now, spoiler alert, that's it. It's out of my system. It's ups from here on in, okay? And as a special gift to Chris, who very correctly was getting upset with me doing this, Giorgio is getting an up from me this week and yep she was being wasted she was being snarky set dressing for the start of this season until that one scene with Cronenberg last week I know his name is Kovic Cronenberg it's David Cronenberg something happened there because as she says she started having these flashes of back home I suppose you would call it for the last couple of weeks which is how long it's been since she had her interview however 
it seems to be really effective. It doesn't seem like it's a post-traumatic thing. It, for me, it feels like it's she's been infected with something, whether she's been infected with some sort of uh, repressed memory, which we've seen in Star Trek before, or whether something was buried and is now coming to the surface again that was already there. Again, we've seen this in Star Trek before. So all of that's fine with me. You do see her, she, she's very upset about a fallen comrade from the Terran Empire. And although first guess you would assume maybe that it's Burnham, well, we know that Burnham didn't die in front of her over there. So who is this person? What is this other relationship? And speaking of relationships, Giorgio clearly only has a relationship with Burnham. And that's good. That's one of the good things about her character. And as we know, or we think we know, a Section 31 spin-off is in the Pipeworks. So it is very possible that it might not be the Section 31 spin-off we thought of. It, it might not feature Tyler at all. It could be set in the future. We don't know yet. Now, I don't want it to be in the past for a kind of a, I'm afraid they might do a reset button. I really don't want them to do that. But anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Giorgio is an up for me this week. She's excellent in all of her scenes. She absolutely dominates them. She eats that Orion for breakfast and spits him out again, which is just fantastic. Because that's when we get to see Emperor Giorgio comes back. And Emperor Giorgio was a lot of fun. We liked her a lot. Okay, I'm glad she doesn't have an intergalactic empire. Interplanetary, interstellar. A space empire anymore because you know she's not to be trusted with power empire but she is badass she gets the job done she gets burnham where burnham needs to be and yeah it kind of feels like Giorgio is back and my last point of the episode this week is burnham's dressing down so again there's a little bit of maybe backing and forth on this one now it is an up from me, but maybe not for the reason I originally thought it was going to be an up. I did feel that her interaction with Admiral Vance was odd, to say the least. Permission to speak freely to an Admiral after she's just been... No, I, I didn't like that scene very much. However, what I do really enjoy is it's not just the fact that Saru speaks to her the way that he does. It, it's not just that. It's that the pair of them they seem to understand that they've got to a, certainly a parting of the ways. She gets demoted from first officer just to science officer and absolutely fair. But I think it's gonna go deeper than that. I think what they have really hit the nail on the head here is that Saru is the career Starfleet officer. He is the perfect captain for the Discovery he needs help every now and again, but what captain doesn't? Burnham is not officer material. Now she has shown that time and time again, so it's not like this is a shock coming out of nowhere. But what I think is that this year's gap between them has really helped her in a way become more aware of herself. Now I realize her running off and doing what she did, it was got it down for me and I stand by that down. She dropped Saru in it when I don't think that that made sense. But I think overall, I think her days in the uniform are numbered. I think they both know it. I think they're both kind of afraid to say it. But at the end, when Burnham does manage to turn around to Saru and say, 
with feeling you've made the right decision. That is a good note to leave that episode on. Saru, our hearts break for him when he was clearly wrenched by this decision. He is racked with guilt. He thinks that he has let her down. Doesn't let her off the hook, but he does think he's let her down. So in summary of that point, the whole scene is an up. I do like that Burnham was demoted for her actions. Now we've seen court martial, so not that again, but she does deserve to have something come out of this. But what I think is, I think it's gonna be longer term. I think the days of Commander Burnham in Starfleet, I think they're numbered. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.